It was more away day blues for the baggies at Norwich, but now it's back to the home comforts with the old rivals coming to town. We'll reflect on Saturday's defeat at Carrow Road and look ahead to Sunday's huge FA Cup Black Country derby on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello Albion fans and welcome back to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast in what is going to be a huge week in the Black Country as the excitement and the nerves continue to build. My name is Johnny Dreary, and as always, I'm alongside your album correspondent, Mr Lewis Cox. Coxie, how are you, pal? All good? Johnny, hello, mate. Yes, I'm fine. Good to see you again. We had, uh, we had a big odd day Saturday, didn't we? Oh, we did. Uh, we un- did indeed. What a thrill. One, but a long one. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pure build-up from here on in, isn't it? It is pure build-up indeed. We've got a lot to talk about this. We're going to reflect on on Norwich. Just a little, uh, just a little note on that for my intro that I'd written down. I've seen a lot of people um, getting very, uh, what's the word, to the point, matter of fact, that we shouldn't be calling it the Black Country Derby apparently because Wolves aren't in the Black Country, uh, which I te- suppose is technically correct. But we all know it as the Black Country Derby, so we're going to keep calling it the Black Country Derby. And I'm sure the Albion fans are um, as well. I saw a few tweets from some fans about that this morning, but. Yes, as we said, Black Country Derby, but we're also going to discuss the defeat at Norwich. Um, we had the first glimpse of the new boy, Andy Vyman, so we're going to talk about that. Unfortunately, again, we're talking about more injury woes, which seems to potentially change Albion's January transfer plans. And then, of course, the small matter of that game that we've mentioned on Sunday. We'll be answering all of your questions as well. Um, and myself and Coxie go head-to-head in TJ Smithy's Black Country Derby quiz. Um, Bring it on. Yeah, just a bit of a warning. It is tough. So if you have a go at home, you know, if you get full marks, hats off to you. Um, But that is all to come. Um, But we're going to start on a negative note, as it seems to be the case when we bring you a baddies broadcast after an away game at the moment. Albion went down 2-0 at Carroll Road, a drab defeat, fourth in five games on the road. Um, Four defeats, uh, four wins now, sorry, in 14 games um, away from home for Albion. Cox, there's been a lot talked about, you know, since the game. Um, but in terms of this away run, or, or in, sorry, in particular Saturday starting, we'll start with Saturday. You know, the performance wasn't fantastic. I've had a lot of time to reflect on this. I was quite critical of the performance after the game. I, I still don't think it was a great performance um, or a good performance. But I think Tony Bomber Brown summed it up on BBC WM, and we spoke to him after, and I know he was on WM talking to supporters and stuff. And we know how irate some fans can get after straight after games. But Albion had chances and the, they just didn't take chances. Like you said, if one of them, you know, if one of them goes in at, at nil-nil or one-nil or a couple of them go in, you know, no one looks at the performance or no one thinks about the away record. Um, so just taking that game in isolation, it, that was the difference. That, that in the end was the difference. Chances were taken by the home side. You know, they didn't have an awful lot of them, and Albion didn't take them, and that's why they've been punished. I, I don't think Norwich were. Were too much better than Albion. No. In 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 terms of what you said, I don't I don't think it was a brilliant game. It was it was fa- fairly open, and there were chances at either end. I think it could easily have been a different scoreline to two nil. Um, I don't think Norwich were that much better than Albion. I just think it was a classic example, and I, I do agree that Bomber summed it up. We we sort of tuned in a bit on the way home, didn't we, from we did. sunny Norfolk, and um, I think he summed it up succinctly, and they just. 
you know, they're a good side, Norwich. That what were they before the game, eleventh, and I think they climbed to eighth, did they, or something like that? We must remember, despite them having a bad first half of the season. I mean, you go down their squad list; they're a, they're a decent outfit, and they're expected. You know, you'd have to say you, you take Albion's you know, finances into account and what's expected of Albion. Much bigger expectations on Norwich this season, and in, in absolutely, their yeah, good point. Far, far less concerns off the field. You know, Wagner's struggled, hasn't he? And all of that. They've got a good squad, but they've got one of the division's hottest prospects in Jonathan Rose come out of nowhere from their academy and suddenly worth, you know, all of that. So they're, they're sort of main goal threat back in Sargent. Um, but we saw they were there to be got out on Boxing Day, didn't we? So so all of that. And I, they're a good side and their players came up trumps in the final third to take their moments. And they were able to make their moments count. They were able to get at and through Albion too easily. And I, I think Carlos Corbin started just just struggling to find a clinical touch on the road at the minute, aren't they? It seems like real clear-cut chances are that bit tougher to carve out. Um, and when they arrive, it's just not being taken in a sort of free, sort of fluid nature. And, yeah, I, I think it might take one of them to just to fall for them or just a, a positive result away from home. I know there was one in, in December at Rotherham, wasn't there? But, you know, I respect Rotherham, they they should be being beaten, really, shouldn't they? I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think I don't think Norwich were, were, were by that much of better teams. I just think, as ever in football, not always, but most of the time, it's decided in those key key moments, isn't it? And like, I, I didn't look at the stats and got them got them exactly to hand. I'll, I'll find them in a second, but um, I can think of just as many Albion openings as as Norwich openings. Um, Absolutely, maybe. Maybe not all. Maybe not all of them clear cut, and that goes, I think, in with what I say about struggling to to create real clear cut things at the moment. But certainly ones where you'd back players to hit the target, work the keeper. I mean, the swift one for me springs to mind, and even one of DK's late on. And uh, you know, in, in, I think it, it's always the same, isn't it? In those games against top sides, you need to take those moments. You really do. We've waxed lyrical rightly about Alvin's defensive record all season, haven't we? But I suppose it was an example where you can't keep relying on it. And so was Swansea and so was Middlesbrough. Carlos made that point to me afterwards. You know, he referenced Swansea and he referenced Thomas Asante's chance at Swansea, if you can remember it, when I think Fellows put him through, didn't he, in yeah. the first half? Asante checked and, you know, it's one-on-one. And that, that was the moment that day, like like probably Swift's was, early in the second half on Saturday. And like if those margins are going to go against you, not Norwich only had a couple of moments, really, didn't they? But look, two goals, and that's why they won the game. And I, I, I don't think they blew Albion away. I think it was pretty tight. But that, but are you taking all that into account, Johnny? That there is, as the head coach addressed, you know, clearly an issue away from home at the moment. And I don't know if we'll get onto it. It may not be tactical. It may not be personnel. It may not be formations, instructions. In my view, there's a lot for just sort of mentality and, and confidence and belief. You know, I think that goes a long old way. And w- again, something um, I think Bomber referenced possibly, um, or we were certainly speaking about it on Saturday, is when you go away, it can and is at the moment very different from the comfort of your home surroundings, isn't it? And it's up to the players to have the attitude and sort of you know, mental strength to deal with that, ultimately. Yeah, just that brings me on to my next question. My question is, are our performances on the road that bad? And I just want to go through 
Um, so we looked at Norwich because Albion have had chances. There. I think DK had a good chance. You know, Swift and Wallace have both had chances. Though I think there was one in the first half as well. You go to Swansea at nil nil. You know, as you said, that Brandon Thomas has had a chance. Albion scored that Can, could be a completely di- well, it will would be a completely different game. I'm not saying Albion were great that day. They weren't by any stretch of the imagination. Middlesbrough, I would say Middlesbrough's maybe one where Albion just didn't play well. They just didn't turn up. I thought it was the worst yeah. performance of the season. There was hardly any chances. I thought they were poor. Um, you got the Rotherham game in there. Sunderland away, you know, I, I wasn't at the ground, but I watched the game. I thought the performance was wasn't great. Um, but that is a game that may, you know could have turned, could have gone any, another way. There were you know a few half chances. You go back to as far as Southampton, you know, away this season, that's a game that Albion could have easily got something from. I thought they played really well down at St Mary's. You know, it's a really strong Southampton side. And, you know, now you're going back into October, the likes of Birmingham, where, you know, the game pivoted on a, on a penalty decision or a non-penalty decision. Um, and, yeah, there's there's other games in there, you know, where Albion are away from home. We're going back before the, you know, the recent run now, but... Our performance is actually that bad, Coxie, on the road. Um, no, I, I, I think I sort of, I sort of touched on it there. I, look, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're as consistent as they are at home, but I think it all comes down to how the players are feeling about their sort of form and how confident they are. You know, they they turn up at the Hawthorns and they will expect to win the game. Um, and that's not to say they head away and think, oh you know, we shouldn't be beating these. You know, it's still West Bromwich Albion in the championship, you know, regardless. But if you're in that momentum where they're harder to come by, where you think, OK, we might follow a pattern here where we'll look bright and sharp for a bit and play well and deserve to score maybe but not be able to take a chance. And then we fall behind, you know, get done in a bit of a sucker punch, whatever, counter as it was the other day. And sort of heads... Heads might bow. You kind of think, oh, here we go again. You know, there's no way we're going to be able to come back from that. If Alvin fell behind at home, they'd, they'd expect to win the game still. So I think there's a lot of that. I do. Um, a lot of, you're right, you know, going through those games, different factors in all of them, aren't there? But <laughs> there have been some home games where Alvin haven't played particularly well, but won the game. So it's interesting. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to have a magical answer. and you know, go go down a tactical route. But I suppose that's where the that's where the head coach is at the minute. Certainly Sunday, Monday this week. Um and obviously it'll be looking at Wolves now and Albion are at home um for the next couple, but they'll they'll be they'll be addressing why it's not quite happening. And I, I don't believe it's uh, a formation, a tactical setup. I don't believe the, the setup is so different from the Hawthorns to Carrot Road or home versus away. I don't think that Corbran would have much different instructions based on being away, really. I, I don't. Um, look, I might be wrong there, but I, I really don't. And th- th- there's always a, like, the home side, you go away to a, a tough side, you always maybe expect them to have a bit more of the ball, perhaps, you know, the, the home side are in their surroundings, on their patch. But look, I think if you're away, you you, you try and start quick, don't you, to get the home crowd down? And uh, it's just, it's 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 proving problematic at the moment, isn't it? It's a bit of an Achilles heel. And obviously, you know, clubs will latch onto that. Those clubs coming to the Hawthorns know they're onto a, a tough thing, don't they? They, they? they know they'll do well to get away with a point. But when they have Albion visiting, that 
I fancy it. I've written a couple. Of, I think I've said it, and I've certainly written it since Norwich. I think there's a bit of a soft underbelly um, to Albion away. I think they're a bit easily got at. Um, yeah, the first, the first and second goal really, but certainly the first proved that to me. I know I've got you because he was carrying a knock, obviously, but um, such a poor goal, such an easy way to concede the goal, and <laughs> proves it with the chances missed. Albion aren't finding it that easy to hit back themselves. So yeah, and, and and when I mentioned that soft underbelly there, I think it 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 comes into the mentality side of it. And I think you just got to be a bit more mentally strong and tough and resilient to to back themselves on the road, really, regardless of how tough it is at the minute, because the quality in the side is still there. You know, they're still the same players, they're still the same team by and large. Just yeah, it's getting it's getting to the point now, isn't it? Corbrand's talking about it. We're talking about it. Fans clearly are talking about it, and. Come one of those where it's a, it'll become a monkey. They need to get off their, their back, really. And uh, what what's the next away game, Johnny Ipswich, isn't it? Um, sure, sure. Yeah, I guess no, it gets doesn't get much uh, much easier, does it? Regards that. So yeah, um, work to be done. Yeah, work to be done indeed. You know, I was I spoke to fans after the game on Saturday, and, and I talked and, and asked them if the away form is going to cost Albion a playoff spot. I know we've got a long time to go before now. And, and the end of April, start of May. Um, and I know others have been sort of talking about this, aren't you? You, know, you see people on social media. On the flip side, some of the fans saying it's sort of over-the-top um, talk and, you know, I've been done so well this season, which they have. And, you know, it, it put the question in my head, that, you know, maybe did I go a bit over-the-top on Saturday saying it's going to cost Albion their playoff form? But I think it could. I think, uh, sorry, with the form cost them a playoff place. I think it might. I think if you if, if Albion want to get in the playoffs, you know, the, the form at home is exceptional, but I don't think Albion can just rely on the home form, which is not what they obviously want to do. They want to be winning games away from home. But I think you've got to pick up the odd win. You've got to pick up the odd point away from home, um, which they have been doing earlier, you know, earlier in the season. Um, and it's not massive. It's not panic, panic, panic stations, but it is a worry and it is a concern at the moment because, you know, I, I saw some fans saying, you know, we'd be happy to stay in the division this year after you know, with the, all the off-field troubles, et cetera, et cetera. However, you know, Albion are in this position at the moment. They're banging, yeah, the are banging a position here where, you know, they are a real, real contender for the for the top six. Um, and they just need to be, be a bit of an upturn or a pickup on the road because I, I do think if it, it if it carries on this way, then I, I, I think we can probably wave goodbye to a top oh, six spot because you've got yeah. to, your away form has got to, not mirror your home form, but it's certainly got to be better than it is. No, I agree. I, I agree. What four defeats in five and whatever, you know, if that that extended to I don't know nine, ten defeats from twelve, say for argument's sake, it's not going to be enough, is it? Now, no one expects um, the home form is well above average. Clearly, it's excellent. Couldn't be too much better, could it? Nobody really expects the, the away form to be that, or maybe even close to that. You just have to get by, don't you? You just it's away form. Say you win one, lose one, draw one, then you know continue the cycle in whatever order. At least you're picking up the odd, you know, the odd three points, the odd point. Just not ensure that you're losing most of them. Now it's only four from fourteen wins, isn't it? Um, and I I realise that's like just over one in three, but it needs to be higher, doesn't it? It needs to be six or seven in fourteen, if possible, and you know, a few draws. It, it can't be. It can't be more defeated. Just, yeah, I, I agree, Johnny. It just wouldn't wouldn't be enough. I don't think. I think 
the chasing pack are strengthening this. There was it the, the Watford Emmanuel Dennis links that emerged yesterday in terms of you know rival strengthening, and others will as well, won't they? And yes, Albin have made a signing and hope to make at least one more, but <laughs> Albin are fishing in a slightly different pool, aren't they, to some of their rivals? You could certainly say, and it's tough, and just it'd be a shame if the runner results continued on the road. Um, I don't think it will. I think Carlos will, will get it right and resolve what he has to. Um, but I do, I do think there's a sort of a, a mentality thing to to straighten up. I do. I mean, the, the head coach said his players played with personality the other day, and I, I understand what he was saying. Look, the, the periods in the game they were good and on top, but I do just think, from my point of view, from what I saw, there's a real struggle to respond from that going one 0 down. There really was. I thought, you know, it felt like the players could feel we've had a really good 10, 15 minutes here, like we're all over these. But here we go again. Uh, we're, yeah. we're losing away. And, and you know, are we going to score again? That's obviously three on the road without a goal now, isn't it? Not just defeats. Um, so, yeah, not wanting to be all sort of doom and gloom on that regard. But I think you're totally right about if, if the current away form continues, it won't be enough. It, it just won't. So, it's pick up some positive results, certainly on the travels. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it'll turn around soon. Obviously, all eyes are now on Sunday, but you know the next away game is that Ipswich trip, and then well, it could be Molyneux, couldn't it? And then also a couple of lengthy trips in in February. Um, but Lewis would know about that because he's gone on holiday. Um, oh, we'll, we'll we'll leave that. We'll leave that till next month, shall we, Coxie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No comment. No comment. Move on. Um, I just just a couple of points. Other points to come from. Saturday, um, Andy Vyman. You know, we've talked. I only want to talk very briefly because we talked about him after the game. I know you've you've talked about him, um, handy Andy. You called him in your uh, your West Brom <laughs> debrief that Albion fans can see on the Express and Star website. But looks like he's going to be a bit of a useful option. You know, I know people hammered Reach, and I didn't. He didn't have a great first half, and he, he did pick up an injury. You know, um, he does put in steady displays for Albion, but he, he can't. He won't. He can't really take players on or get at players. That's not really his game. But Andy Vyman's going to give Albion. You know, I think certainly a different option from that left and the versatility as well is going to be a bonus yeah i thought he was bright really really bright sort of um creatively when he when he had the ball um what he tried to do with it but also sharp physically because that was a bit of a question mark wasn't it you know 32 not played too much this season started the campaign with an injury but to me looked sprightly you know looked quick light on his feet really eager buzzed around and that's kind of been his game and his career hasn't it so wouldn't expect him not to be like that, but you just see age works differently for everyone, doesn't it? And and not not playing so much this season, you wondered how it would go. And yeah, really encouraged. And yeah, han- handy, obviously, handy, handy, but handy because he can fulfil a number of roles and a variety of positions from the off on the bench. Yeah, I just thought it was encouraging. And he got into positions, didn't he? DK's best chance was born out of Vyman's positioning and then his intelligent header across goal. Um, he sent a good shot just over the, the top right angle. Yeah, maybe could have kept it on target, but hit it first time. Quite a tough chance, but struck it well. Just, yeah, I, big figure behind the scenes, apparently. Apparently settled into training really, really well. Shame he can't play Sunday, eh? He's, <laughs> he, he doesn't mind the FA Cup when it comes to Wolves, but um, yeah, shame. However, I, I just think, yeah, I, from what Albion needed, again, from the pool they're fishing in, to Carlos wanted one to cover a, a few positions. And it'd be interesting to see. He was obviously from the left, as you say, Saturday, Johnny, for, for Reach, who did get that knock. Um, 
I don't know. I, he told me the other day, sort of a, a, a deeper number nine was his preferred role. And I'd like to see him there. I would. He'll take a bit of fudging around, I think, won't it? Because John Swift kind of plays in a number 10 for Albion. But I wouldn't mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the prospect of, you know, Weiman being able to get on the pitch, maybe alongside a DK and a Sante at the same time and having that sort of triple goal threat, you know? Didn't quite see it the other day, did we? Obviously, DK replaced Thomas Asante. And I, I'd have rather DK came on alongside, you know, for the, for the two strikers there, alongside Thomas Asante. Maybe sacrifice Swift the other day. Uh, I'd have liked to have seen that. I wrote about that in my debrief as well. I just thought that maybe was the move with Albion one down. And obviously then it went two down. But no, I thought I thought Ryman's impact was good. I think most there uh, would agree. Look, um, we don't know how often he's going to start, do we? But it's only going to take one knock to, to maybe one individual and he'll probably be a regular starter. <laughs> uh, but I think we can be really encouraged, to be honest, from from the 45 anyway. Just on, on another um, player, a bit of personnel, we obviously heard the, the news that Jason Malumbi's now, that surgery's going to be out for three months. Carlos Corbin has said this has sort of changed that or could change Albion's transfer plans. How do you understand it, Coxie? Because, you know, we know they wanted two attacking players in. You know, Andy Vyman's come through the door. We were hoping for another one. You know, there's been a number of names linked. But now with the Malumbi news and what Corbin has said about replacing him or, or addressing that, you know, and given Albion's financial position, it's hard to see them bringing in more than two. So does that mean a striker is now going to be sacrificed or a forward player sacrificed to bring in a midfielder to cover the, the Malumbi-shaped hole? Yeah, I mean, that, that those are discussions, I think, that will be happening and certainly have been happening over the weekend just gone. And it's something that Albion, Carlos Corbran, um, Ian Pearce, I suppose have to have to figure out. In an ideal world, there's finances there to manoeuvre another two. Obviously, we were expecting a winger to arrive, and now Corbyn's saying, "Look, probably might have to need another centre midfielder here." Now, can they make it happen? Can they fudge it around? Can they, you know, may it be one where look they had X amount to offer in terms of a, a loan wage to a winger. They may have to come down and make it work for two. And and that obviously limits the calibre you can go for, unfortunately. <laughs> That's just how it is. But that might be a sacrifice they have to make in terms of getting two in. Or could it be a case where it's looked at as... Well, I was at the 21s last night in Hensford and Harry Whitwell is beginning to look a cut above that level. Like he's sort of too good for it. And we saw that against Aldershot, I think. So, and we saw him on the bench in, in Norwich, didn't we? So... It rated very highly with well, I think he's 18 now, isn't he? Can can he be relied on as a fourth choice option in the centre of the park? Yeah, obviously, Okai, Moa and, and Chalaber. And then look at a Whitwell. Obviously, Fenton Hurd's around it as well, and he's a top prospect and not exactly a central midfielder, is he? And we've seen Adam Reach there, to be honest, in, in recent weeks. We know how versatile Reach is, but again, Reach rolled his ankle the other day, so not exactly available at the minute. And and not someone you'd want to be starting in centre midfield. Let's let's have that right. But clearly there are three at the moment, and maybe a lot rests on Whitwell. Actually, perhaps, perhaps Albion will. And again, it is something you will know, we'll glean from Corbran next time we speak to him. Perhaps it has to be a show of faith in Harry Whitwell to essentially have the cameos, you know, from from the bench in the championship. It's a big step, huge step, but I, th- I think the confidence in him is is that high. Um, and 
perhaps that allows them not to have to limit themselves in terms of getting a an exciting winger in. You know, it's it's a it's a gamble though, isn't it? It's a risk. It it really is. It's a, it's a bit of a conundrum. Obviously, we don't know exactly know the finances and if they could make the two happen, I'm sure they preferably would. But feels like a stretch, doesn't it? It it does feel like a stretch. Um, there are options, of course. There are, you know, do, does it mean now they look a bit harder at a player out the exit door? Um, saw Martin Kelly play last night at, at the 21s. Played. 45 minutes after playing maybe 20 or 30 the week before for the 21. So he's stepping it up and that's that's good to see. You know, kind of a sort of squad, squad slash fringe player, more fringe player, be let out on loan to free up some funds. Perhaps that, that seems feasible, does it? However, beyond Kelly, how, yeah, Kelly's the obvious one. However, he's on his way back from an ACL, we must remember. Are, are there many other options in, in his bracket that can be let out on loan who are a senior player I'm not that sure there are really I really um, you talk about sure Whitwell are. there Coxie and you know would would talk it would be a lot of faith for Carlos to put in him but I suppose you know the blueprint is there now with fellows who is a little bit different than you know the fact that he's had a loan spell out but you know yeah does this lend itself you know I wrote a piece about it the other day on the back of what we just said on the podcast that you know this financial situation is playing into the hands of youngsters you know, this could be a, an opportunity, you know, that Harry Whitwell could potentially grab with, you know, with both hands. You know, what a story that would be. Good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, Fellows, we all know how highly thought of he was and, and rated he is. But let's be clear, the door was sort of opened or at least ajar for him because of all of this ridiculous attack and availability this season. So we, we said a few months ago, didn't we? You know, it could have been the defence. It could have been Caleb Taylor in for every game. but. Are we now seeing it in the midfield? And is it Whitwell's moment? I think that Aldershot game, it shows how important the cup games are, doesn't it? It really does. I think that cup game's really, you know, Corbyn rated him. Let's have it right. And has rated him ever since he's been at the club. But, and take Aldershot into account in terms of calibre of opposition, totally, totally. But it's senior football, you know, men's game, things on the line. And not just technically, because I think we know how good technically sound Whitwell is, but physically he handled himself. So would the head coach have any qualms throwing him in 20 minutes from the bench? I don't think he would. I really I really don't. And Fellows had a lot of that, didn't he? Fellows had two, three months of that 20-minute cameos. And a lot of fans ask him, why couldn't it be longer or from the off? And perhaps that's what we'll see from Whitwell. A, a word on Chalaber at the minute. I think we, we both said, didn't we, Johnny? Obviously, Chalaber came on in 35th minute, something like that for Ockeye. And I think he was good again. One of Albin's better performers, really. And it wasn't a great display and, and, you know, low bar and all of that. But I'm not, I don't think I'm the only one to have noticed that I think for a couple of months now, whenever he's come on from the bench, I think Chalabas performed pretty well. Now, these have often only been 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20. But I think we saw for an hour the other day he played well. And um, yeah, perhaps some big games for him coming up. But with, Obviously, Okai's back. We 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 expect him to be okay for Sunday, but that's still a little bit of a, a worry, isn't it? A question mark. And with Malumbi out for a lot of the season, it really leaves things stretched and come back to this gamble of Whitwell. But it, it could be the making of Harry Whitwell, couldn't it? it? It really could, in the same way as you rightly said, it's it's been the making of Tom Fellows. So um, I imagine there'd be Baggy screaming at this, saying, "Give, give Whitwell the 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 moment, the opportunity to be fourth choice, to be on the bench." save that extra funds and go for a a bit more of a pricier loan winger. I, I, I really, you know, 
we know, don't we, you know, fans want it to be one of their own, one through the academy. And I sort of talked myself into the idea that I think and hope, we, well, we'll, we'll have the chance really. But again, we shouldn't expect too much, should we? We shouldn't expect him to be suddenly be starting every game in the championship. But I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be in the squad. And, you know, if Albion are in good positions in games, give him that experience. Yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and see on that one. Time for a shout-out for our sponsor, and I'm sure it's going to be a very nervous week down at the Catlin Toasterman HQ <laughs> because uh, Mr Catlin Toasterman, I know, is a big Wolves fan, but he is also the sponsor of our podcast and all our podcasts here at the Express and Start. Um, your graded product specialist down there at Thorns Road in Briley Hill. And as we always say, he's got stacks of top products at stacks of top prices and here is another example of that we know it's getting, it's getting a little bit warmer at the moment but we had that cold snap last week so there's always a need to get your uh, your heating products in you can get your hands on a Beldre 2000 watt smart controlled wi-fi ceramic radiator now if you went to argos to get this you're looking at about 275 pound if you go to the kettle and toaster man what do you reckon coxie 275 pound in argos what's the kettle and toaster man kettle and toaster man selling them for Oh, I don't, you, you throw me under a bit of a bus here, Johnny. Uh, let's go. Let's. I reckon in the region of or around the middle of the, I don't know, 140 up to 160, something like that. 160? Lower. £150. You can get that. Get your hands on that. Some top products as always and that's not always got down there we say it all the time you've got appliances big and small floor care person care catering cookware outdoor living which you're going to need before long when the weather turns and you know mobility and a load of other products of top brands grundig hoover hot point itech kenwood morphe richard russell hobbs salter and many many more so if you want to have a look at some of them products you can head down to Thorns Road in Briley Hill or go along to the catlandtoasterman.co.uk but if you head down there as I say this week you might be a little bit nervous before the uh, before the derby before the big derby um, but yeah thank you very much to the Catland Toasterman as always for his sponsorship of the Baggies broadcast right Coxie better talk about it don't we that uh, that big game on uh, big game on Sunday something's happening isn't it down at uh, the Hawthorns at court to 12 on Sunday morning. Um, I don't quite think I've ever covered a game that kicks off at quarter 12 on a Sunday, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's the Black no. Country Derby. Wolves are coming to town. First time the two clubs have met at Hawthorns for, I believe, 12 years, I think. In I front of fans. That. In front of fans, yes. In front of fans, of course. Obviously, there was a one-all draw uh, back in the... Uh, back in the COVID season, um, when Albion had that solitary season back in the top flight. But it's been a long, long time just to get this in there. Really, I didn't realise this. The last time um, Albion beat um, balls in front of fans um, was the 5-1. Certainly was, Johnny. The 5-1. Do you know when that was? Do you know when that was, Coxie? That was two days after my 18th birthday. That was the best birthday I've ever had. And do you know what? Do you know what's coming up? My 30th. It certainly is. So are we going to see a repeat of the 5-1? I don't quite think so. I was meant to have a, a little bit of a night out on Saturday night for my uh, my 30th birthday, but I've had to curtail it for the importance of the Black Country Derby. So I hope for, hope I've done that. And I can have a you few cele- celebratory pints after. Oh, I didn't want it on Saturday. I didn't want it on Saturday. But um, but there we go. 20 well, well we, I've just got loads of I've just got loads of stats written down here, Cox. Before we come on the podcast, I start Albin fans can look at this on the Express and Star in the next few days. Go ahead. I've, I've listed 
Hey, I've listed it. every single time that Albion, well, Wolves have failed to win at Albion since 1996. Um, since that 4-2 win for Wolves, you and Roberts with a hat-trick. I'm sure there's many baggies fans that will remember that. But it's 27 years. The last time it was 5-1. I'm going to ask you now, Coxie. I'll come up with mine in a second. You know, the excitement's all building. We, we know Wolves are the favourites, which we're going to we're going to touch on. Um, what's your, you know, overriding Black Country Derby memory from down the years? Obviously brought up in, in West Bromwich. Yeah. Um, um, what, 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 what's the one that sticks in your your memory or a season or a moment you know i asked this to albion fans on on saturday which will also be on the express and star website in the coming days um a lot of people said the 5-1 but i've gone for something a little bit different um yeah i mean perhaps my i was about to say my answer is interesting i, I wouldn't say that i wouldn't be uh, blowing my own like that. <laughs> but, but in, in, interesting in that I'm, i suppose i'm coming from it from a different angle Go, i'm going back to those games uh in front of fans 12 years ago i wasn't even at the paper um so i didn't i did I've never sort of been involved with them other than the COVID season from a, a work kind of, you know, journalistic perspective. It's only kind of been mates and families involved in the game. And it's it's typically, I mean, a hell of a lot more Albion mates than than the other side of the divide. It's, it's typically just been sort of joy, <laughs> unadulterated joy, success, um, chirping on the back of said joy and success. Um, for, uh, it's hard not to say the five one, I suppose, from people of you know mine and your generation, maybe. Although I suppose our memories of it go go back um, a little bit earlier. Do you know what mine is? I uh, I've been doing a lot of this, and it a lot of it's been in pre- preparation for a piece actually that I'm I'm working on to go out at some point before Sunday. But um, I'll be looking at the baggies goal scorers actually, and and when when this game comes to my mind, I think of typically two people really and again this is obviously coming at it from not that perspective of having lived it as a fan but I think of Kevin Phillips and I think of Diamante Cameron um and they they both loved a goal against the Dingles didn't they let's be honest and um and I'm I'm hoping to speak to at least one of them this week don't get me wrong it'd be superb to speak to both but um (laughs) Not all former baggies are as easy to track down as others. Oh, I know that indeed. Know, unfortunately. That. So, um, yeah, th- I kind of have those, those celebration sort of images and clips in mind rather than necessarily any specific game. The the FA Cup one, 3-0, 0-7, wasn't it? Um, I, I do remember that well, being yeah, at sort of 3-0 battering in front yeah, of the I probably band. remember that. Probably remember that a little bit better than the 5-1, just on the basis of being at secondary school in the town at the time, rather than a 5-1, I was um, oh, about to go to uni or away at uni. So, yeah, um, just good, just <laughs> successful memories, really, to be to be honest, Johnny. And um, I don't I don't really want that you know, trend of successful memories to uh, <laughs> to end come this weekend, if I'm honest. Hopefully it won't. Yeah, that 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 FA Cup game, just that whole season. I think Albion won four out of five games. I think against Wolves that season, um, and that three 0 I was talking, actually talking to a Wolves supporting colleague about this game um, a few weeks ago, and I was quite well. We both quite young at the time, but I remember you know Albion had the whole of the South Bank at Wolves, and then the Wolves fans who had to leave that stand and go elsewhere were given a free pint of pint. So the West Brom fans were chanting out, "And you sold your seat for a pint of pint." Um, I think Albion fans, when they left the ground, left loads of Tesco carrier bags on the Wolves seats, um, which was uh, which was hilarious. But I think that season was uh, was probably the one that sticks out. Just in terms of this one, Coxie, all eyes were on Sunday. And 
we know there'll be a lot of jesting and jousting before the game. And I, we're preparing a lot of pieces, as we've already said, for this week. But one I'm, I'm going to be talking about, and I only want to talk about it briefly now, you know, bragging rights are up for grabs. You know, West Brom fans want to beat Wolves. For me, I think Wolves fans are more desperate to beat West Brom because of, you know, records and how long it's been and recent records, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, even that last, that last Premier League season, I know sticks in the throat of a lot of Wolves fans. That 3-2 at Molyneux and the, and the one all at, at Albion. And I know it wasn't in front of fans, but I know that sticks in the throat. For me, Coxie, there's no pressure on Albion whatsoever going into Sunday. Absolutely no pressure. Don't get me wrong. You know, when it comes to, I was going to say three o'clock then, but it, when it comes to 11.44 a.m. on Sunday morning, <laughs> me, you and a whole host of other Albion fans in that ground are going to be nervous. And then we, we all want to beat Wolves. You know, I'm desperate to beat Wolves. But there's no pressure. All the pressure is on Wolves. They are the Premier League team. They are the side who've got, you know, a, a lot of money invested into that side in recent years. Don't get me wrong, Gary O'Neill's done a fantastic job with what he's done this season. I know they haven't spent an awful lot this season at Wolves. Um, but all the pressure's on them. They're they're the Premier League team in form. I don't know if Albion if Albion lose on Sunday, we're all gonna be gutted. But we won't be saying for me, I won't be saying uh you know, absolute tragedy. I'll be saying our oh, walls have only won once at Albin in 27 years. Yeah, I understand. No. <laughs> I, I understand and agree with. Well, I understand your your thought process absolutely. Um, I I get it. I get what you mean. I'd I'd disagree. Uh, I think I think there is some pressure on Albion. I, I I disagree there in that. I don't think supporters expect them to win, like like you say, obviously hope and, and all of that. I just think there's I just think there's pressure on the home players and staff to turn up and show up. Look, if Wolves performed well and Albion didn't, the scoreline might be not pretty from a baggage point of view, couldn't it? Because that's the the, the unfortunately the quality in the Wolves side at the moment. And I think Albion will have to be good you know near their best to to live with it or get at them and I, I just think there's pressure to to turn up i think if the, if they don't turn up and are perceived to have not been at it by the baggies fans and as a result the scoreline doesn't go well i think there'll be a, a frustration within the home supporters yeah but pressure wrong, temp- pressure temp- on a performance by... but not a pre- i don't think there's pressure on albion to win well, the not game on the we result. all want to win the oh, game no, no. but if but they don't win the game you know johnny the, the, the result could be three or four nil to wolves and albion could have given their absolute all couldn't you know turned up either 110 percent you know give, give it really got stuck in and you know you could have wolves could stick in a couple of worldies i don't know we know they've got a couple of attackers of real quality um, so I, I agree with you about the scoreline thing. I do. Um, I just that perceived being all in effort, you know, putting it all on the line. I think has to be there. Yeah. Uh, full-blooded, yeah. you know. Um, I don't get me wrong. I don't think it should, could, or should d- decide the season or dismiss the season. Um, and if it goes badly, and if fans aren't happy with what they perceive as the effort levels um, or the commitment on the day, I don't think it could or should derail the playoff push and all of that. But I, I just think there's a, a bit of pressure on the players to, to give it absolute everything, you know, I, I do. Um, and 
what I would say finally on the point is I, I think that they'll know that and I'd, I'd like to think they'll deliver on that because I don't think there'll be many baggies in the squad, if any, uh, that will have felt the atmosphere like it. Uh, other than uh, the obvious one is that the playoffs aren't, isn't it, of, of a few years back with Villa that you'd have to say that. I mean, I wasn't there that, that night, but I remember seeing footage and hearing things from colleagues about the decibel levels and things like that. And obviously the, the feeling on those games. But um, yeah, not not too many around from, from back then still are there. Um, and the players will feel it and know, I think, even in the build-up, in the warm-up, let's be honest, even though it's half ten in the morning, they'll be warming up. I think they'll, they'll know there's a feeling around the place that this isn't an ordinary game. And, you know, only only maximum levels will be acceptable. Yeah, I'm sure Carlos will be drumming that into him. Cox, you were expecting both sides to be full strength. Um, I think I don't think supporters would forgive their respective managers if they went under strength and were beaten um, on Sunday. Where, who, who are the key men for Albion? I'm going to throw one in there. And, you know, Tom Furs was ill last week. You know, we expect him to be back. I think he could play a real part. I think he could play a real, real part in this Black Country derby because... Oh, you'd start fellows, Johnny. I would start him. I would start him. Yeah. In terms of... There's a lack of options. Disagree. There's a lack of options, but I would start him. And I don't think Corbrand is really going to deviate away from the, the system that he's played um, at home, certainly in the 4-2-3-1. I think that's what we'll see. But I think fellows can have a... He's just unpredictable. He's unpredictable for championship defenders. And I think he's probably going to be even more unpredictable for Premier League defenders. Now, I know how the Wolves would have done their homework on Albion, but he can go left, he can go right. I don't think there's many Premier League, I don't think there's many wingers in the Premier League that can. can I'm not no. saying I'm not saying he's no. at that quality, That's a great point. but yeah. his unpredictable nature has helped Albion in recent weeks, and I think he could just play a really, really big part in the derby. I think the story's there as well, and I've also got a little feeling that Daryl DK is going to play a big part on Sunday. I don't know how. Mm. I just think it's a story that's not. Not written in the stars because that's cliche, isn't it? And a bit cringy. But I just think, you know, he's had all this time out. You know, he's only been back for a couple of weeks. And now this fixture crops up. You know, a man who is, you know, loved by Albion fans, despite playing less than probably 30 games for the club and not scoring a mountain of goals. And I just think it, it, it might be written for DK. I think it could be, you know, it could be one where he, this one goes down. If Albion do get the positive result... I think he could play a big part. It's a great point. It's a it's a great point about DK actually. I I hadn't fully look. I think obviously we all know DK is the one that knows where the goal is and yeah, in between the posts, he's the instinctive striker. But it's a great point about him having all of that rotten look. Yeah. And if there is a lucky moment on Sunday, him being the one, you want it to fall to you know the balance of probability, um, his luck turning and look if if if. It happened for him in a positive way. It's a way to... Uh, I mean, you're right, the fans already love him, don't they? And it'd be a real way to sort of etch yourself into folklore, wouldn't it? I mean, wow. Um, there's a debate of... Actually, I was speaking to someone the other day. I mean, I sort of just assume Thomas Asante will lead the line. I think he probably will lead the line. I think that's, that's how I think I would go. And and then you've got sort of DK maybe against the, you know, when, when it gets tight and yeah, hopefully if it's edgy, you know, 60 minutes and it's still in the balance and teams are going down both ends, then is it DK's time to shine? But you could make the balance, the, the argument the other way of, of Thomas Asante's 
powerful sort of running and energy against tiring legs, couldn't you? So I don't know. I, I think it could be a little, is it a little bit tough on Thomas Asante to drop him? A little bit harsh to, to leave him out the starting lineup? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you one thing that's interesting, Johnny. I mean, all eyes on uh, DR Congo tomorrow in AFCON. Um, because a point of mine was going to be who's who's going to who's going to charter the jet to get Grady back from the Ivory Coast in time for Sunday morning. But all jokes aside, they've got one group game left tomorrow afternoon, and clearly, unfortunately, they're sit second at the moment. Or not unfortunately, you know, good for Grady and all that, but um, they sit second at the moment. So uh, a positive result by my very basic quick maths would see DR Congo through. Anything else in their final game against Tanzania, who are bottom? Uh, so Tanzania won. I think they'd be out. I think, or, although, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So, um, so I think he'd get back. I think Albin would get Dean Garner back for for Sunday. Now we've got to confirm that at the presser later in the week. But but you know, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, why why shouldn't he be back? You know, should be back in England by. You would expect the closer play Thursday, wouldn't you? If if Cong- Congo knocked out DR Congo, so. Um, I then wouldn't necessarily expect Grady to start, but this is the old Tom Fellows debate, isn't it? Not not a bad option to have to come on, Dean Garner, for, for that tie. Uh, a lot of interesting team debating, isn't there, I think. But further forward, you would say. I mean, the shame he's not going to be available, is he? I, I don't think in terms of AFCON, how are Nigeria getting on? Um, they've, they've qualified second in their group as I'm looking at it. So that's where that is. Um, I think the back four, for obvious reasons, picks itself, doesn't it? I think the yeah, Okai's injury, all being well, he, he's okay. I think that picks itself, doesn't it? Okai, Okai and Moa, I think. Um, is there a shout for a three-man midfield and a four-three-three and Chalaba's energy and maybe experience over a swift? Is that being too negative? Do you get Chalaba in to make a third sort of number eight and pack that midfield with his legs rather than the sort of more luxury op- attacking option of Swift. Maybe there's a case for that. I, I can't quite decide. Albion are at home, so should they go with the attacking option of Swift? But is that a bit too ambitious against a Premier League opposition of Premier League quality? I don't quite know on that one. I, I'd i be tempted to play Swift. But I can also see the idea of... I can also see the idea of selecting Chalaba. Um, it's a tough call, isn't it? I think I'd start Fellows. I think I, I agree with you, Johnny. I think I'd start Fellows one side and Wallace the other side. However, I do like the prospect of Fellows in the final half an hour. I do. So it's it's tough. It's tough. And a couple of big old calls for Carlos. Um, and I think if we were to ask Baggy's listening or you know fans in the street, you could probably name a couple of lineups, maybe. Uh, you know, DK or Thomas Asante. It's a big debate, isn't it? Yeah, there'll be some Probably big debate. We'll, 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 we'll do a piece, won't we, and give our alternate um, Black Country Derby starting 11th. Yeah, there'll be some debate online about it, uh, I'm sure, in the coming days. Um, right, time for the Black Country Derby quiz. TJ Smithy has returned this week. Me and Coxie have gone head to head in what is a pretty difficult quiz, and uh, here's how we got on. TJ Smithy back on an important week, the Black Country Derby. Quiz, first one of the year, and it's going to be a big one. Myself against Coxie. I can't even remember what the score was from last time, Coxie. I remember, uh, remember doing you over in the last one, but I think it's uh, it's probably probably even Stevens at the moment. So who can uh, who can edge ahead in this one? TJ Smithy, tell us what we've got. Got another trivia quiz again. 
as always, uh, we have seven categories, and uh, I'm not sure who went first last time. Was it Coxie or was it you, Johnny? I'll hand it to Coxie. I'll give it to Coxie. He needs a needs a leg up, doesn't he? Thanks, Johnny. That's very kind. So some of these uh, some of these questions as well. There's uh, there could be a multiple one. So what I'll do is if it's uh, like there's one question where there's three answers. So I'll give it to whoever's the posting the question first, and then I'll pass it on to the next person to try and get a point. So there's a couple of extra points up for grabs. On Sounds good. Well. Baggies fans, if you play along at home as well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure the knowledge of the Black Country Derby is a lot better than the Mona Coxie. So if you're uh, if you're listening, play along at home as well. Okay, right. Your seven uh, categories are Black Country Derby history, FA Cup, winning mentality. Crushing wins, home records, goals, 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 and big wins. FA Cup, please. FA Cup. Very on topic, that Coxer. In the FA Cup, West Brom have played Wolves 10 times. How many have we lost? I believe that's one. It is indeed. Yeah, he knows that because we did a story the other day. <laughs> oh, sorry, Johnny. Should I have remembered back in the 1880s? Back to that one, shall I? You know. Sorry, don't get it. It's okay. Tactics are fine, Johnny. Go Ten times we have played in the FA Cup, lost one, I know the list drawn two, and had seven wins. He's been researching the list for the last two weeks, ready for Sunday. <laughs> right. So, Johnny, you have six categories to pick from. You've got... Black Country Derby history, winning mentality, crushing wins, home records, goals, 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 and big wins. Big wins. From the records, what is the highest win in the Derby history? This is a potluck guess, isn't it? It's probably like, you know them games back in the 80s where people used to win like 10-1 or 10-2 or 9-3 or something? It'll probably be something like that, wouldn't it? Uh, so, I don't know, 10-1. It is incorrect, and it goes to Coxie, who has the chance to steal. The biggest Albion win was that, sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, I got a clue. I'll, I'll go 5-0. Um, so, in 1929, 30 season, West Brom beat Wolves 7-3. There you go. In a game. So, who, who was closer to that? Would that be Johnny? I believe that would be me. <laughs> I'll, uh, no, that, I'll that's give... a four, that, you've got to work on the gap, haven't you? That's a four-goal gap. So, give him the goal point. margin, I should say. Give him the point. Right, that's like okay. half, four, like. goal, four goal margin. Right, uh, we'll give Coxie another point. So that is 2 nil off two categories. You went a bit excitable there, Johnny. 10-1. <laughs> Ambitious. They're always random scores, though, weren't they, back No, I know what like, you mean. Teams yeah. used to absolutely pump each other. Right, so... Categories left, Coxie, are Black Country, Derby history, winning mentality, crushing wins, home records, and goals, goals, goals. Let's try home record, please. When is the last time Wolves won at the Hawthorns? What year? Is it 96? It is indeed. Yes. Get in. So that's three points. From three categories to Coxie. Early days. Early days. I'm not getting carried away. Right, what we got left? Right, you have Black Country Derby history, winning mentality, 
Crushing wins and goals, goals, goals. Uh, crushing wins. Let's try and pull it back. West Brom demolished Wolves 5-1 back in 2012. Owen and Wingy scoring a beautiful hat-trick. But which three players assisted him to complete his hat-trick? Now, this is a multiple question, so Johnny will have the first one. What do you mean? I don't get the rules on this one. Uh, So I don't guess three. I don't guess the three assisters, no. No, so so you'll say one player, and then if you're right, next one will go to Coxie and then back to you. All right, Uh, James Morrison. That is one point to Johnny. How do you know why he was the first player that came to my head? Um, where are we? 11-12. Got to rush you, Coxie. Come on. You've got a 3-0 lead here. You can't be taking all this time. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'll say Gira, but I didn't, don't think he played. It wasn't Gira. It goes back to Johnny. Um, Marc-Antoine Fortune. Was the assister of the second, uh, the first of the three. as Morrison being the hat-trick. Back to Coxie to see if he can get the last one. If not, Does that mean I Johnny got two points? Does that three mean I got points. two points? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I'm so you could now. have the opportunity no, to no, go I three all. Right up now. <laughs> um, Keith Andrews. It wasn't Keith Andrews. Bit of stab and doubt this one. I'm trying to remember the goals. I go Chris Brunt, but I don't think it's right. No, it wasn't Chris Brunt. The last assist was from Jonas Olsen with a lovely back heel. Oh, oh the Odin Wingy. Oh, that's poor, that is. That's poor. Never mind. Back to 3-2. Who would have come back on here? That's poor from you, Johnny. Best day of your life, that was. Best day of your life. Scoreline was all that mattered, didn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so, Oxy, you have Black Country Derby history, winning mentality, and goals, goals, goals. Um, goals, 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 please. So from this site that I looked at, it only says to 1963. So I'm going to go from 1963. What is the average goals per game in the Derby fixture? Crikey. The average goals per game? It's like mastermind, yeah. this is. This is well out today. On, on all fixtures from 63 onwards, yeah? Every, every game. Yeah. The average goals per game. Is if if it's point something, we're going to the nearest round number, are we? Nearest round number, yeah. Um, all right. I'll, well, I'd, I'd I'd say to do a point something anyway, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and Johnny gets to guess if I'm wrong, and the closest to it gets a point. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll I'll go three goals. Three goals is not the answer. Oh, I did. Three point seven. Coxie was closest. It was actually 2.97. Oh, 2.97. Oh, could I be any closer? Oh, my gosh. Excellent. I thought it'd be more, more than that there. after all the goals that we scored against them over the years. There was yeah. a lot, there was a lot of 1-0 uh, scores which just dragged it down. So. Wow, it was uh, very close to the money. Goals, there, goals, goals is off. So we currently have two more categories. So you only have the chance of drawing at the moment, Johnny. Right, what we got? Black Country Derby history Go on, and we'll winning mentality. We'll do that one, Black Country Derby history. Okay, bit of a hard one again. <laughs> They're all bloody hard, TJ Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
In the 162 games played against Wolves, how many have we won? 81. Not the answer, Coxie. 162 games. Um, <clears throat> I'm annoyed I haven't looked this up yet because it's on my list to look up. <laughs> um, I'll go 97. What did you say, Johnny? 81. And Johnny gets a point. It was 65 games won, 44 games drawn, and 53 games you know, lost. That was silly. I didn't consider draws Oh, when I was silly doing the maths. Well done, Johnny. Is he going to choke? Is he going to choke? So, the last category is um, winning mentality. Okay. West Brom's last uh, loss against Wolves came back on the 8th of May 2011. What was the scoreline? Oh, jeez. Going to have to rush you, Coxie. Going to have to rush you, sorry. Don't you get rushing me, mate. I'll take my time. Come on, Thank you. come on. I've got two scores in my head. And I know Johnny knows, which is the really annoying thing. Don't actually really know. annoying thing. Don't actually know. Um, oh, go on. 2-0. It wasn't 2-0. Johnny? Three. Was it 3-0? It wasn't 3-0 either. Was it? Oh, he's at the post. I'll give Cockney another go. What? <laughs> it can't go back to it. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it as a... A point till you get the answer. So oh, no, on. no, I'm very happy with 4 3. Thank you. No, <laughs> I agree with Johnny. We could call that. Okay, okay. Um, the actual the score line was, was, was 1 was 1 0. It was uh, 3 1. We lost. 3 1. I think I remember Stephen Fletcher scoring at Marnie. Fletcher. Foxy solid effort. I want to say a, a couple of facts about that. It was about 12 years ago. And it was actually 4,643 days, meaning that if you were born on this date or up to September, you would only just be going to high school now. <laughs> Jesus, it's been a long time, isn't it? It's been a long time. Well, hopefully come Sunday we can, um, and next week we can pass 10,000 days, eh? Hopefully we can. Oh. TJ Smithy, top, top quiz. Thank you very much for that. Um, Thanks, Tom. We'll be back again very soon. Boing, no boing. Worries. There you go. I told you it was tough, Baggies. Coxie won. Pure guesswork, like saying that. Pure guesswork. <laughs> guesswork. Yeah, yeah, guesswork. But we'll give him that one. Thank you very much, TJ Smithy, for coming back on. Baggage fans, if you got if you got all them right, hats off to you. Hats off to you. Right, let's get to uh, let's get to questions because we've got quite a few. Um, I'm going to start with the last Blair. Right, who's got in touch with a really good question. Um, who is our most crucial player? Do we have one, or are we more reliant on system? If pushed, I would say Moat as he's improved both OK and Swift immeasurably, sorry, he's improved OK and Swift immeasurably into players approaching their worth, not to Bartley for improving Kipra and our ability to defend high balls. Who is the most important, most crucial player, Coxie? Who would you say? If you it's, one? Oh, it, it's, a, it's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, do, do we mean for Sunday specifically? Sorry, Johnny, yeah. In, in no, 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 to... no, 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 not just about the oh, in, just in, general. in general. Sorry, um, I, I'm minded to suggest Okai. I am. I think he gets Albion ticking when he's playing well. Um, the Moat point's excellent, and he has been really good. I mean, how good have Moat and Kipra been? But I'm, I'm not sure to the point where I'd go as the most crucial. Um, from an attacking perspective, you can make a good Wallace case, I think. I'm a, a huge fan. 
Um, but I just, I just, I, I, again, I heard Bomber say the other day, I just think Okai's a bit of a heartbeat of the side, isn't he? And when he's really on his game, I think, I think Albin are on song. So I'm minded to go him. It was a, it was nervy, wasn't it, when we saw him limp off the other day? And he had a rough half an hour, didn't he? Yukushli, we sort of no surprise that something was up. Um, but we, we expect him to be okay. And yeah, I, I'm minded to go to him. I, there's, a, there's an argument for Carl Bartley, actually. There, there really is. He had to take an early yellow at Norwich. And I thought he defended really well from it otherwise. Uh, Tightrope, you know, all that. Couldn't afford that second yellow. And I think Bartley's been quite quietly immense this season. Kipper has probably got the nod overall, let's be honest, next to him. But I can't think we can underplay the importance of Bartley, probably in, in, in a few ways, not just out on the pitch. But yeah, so so perhaps yeah, perhaps picking Bartley and Yukushlu for those those two sort of rolls down the mm. spine. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean I think Bartley's been better than Kipper. I just mean on, on level of, you know, sort of overall influence. Yeah. Uh, next question. Happy B79. I've always counted Big Shemi as a decent defensive midfield option on a temporary basis. I think we might see that once he's back. It's a really good point. He's played there before. You know, I think he played there under Billich for a little bit. Um, but yeah, possible possible option. We've talked about Harry Whitwell, haven't we, Coxie? But Big Shemi in there might be a, a needs must if uh, the injury crisis gets any worse. <laughs> yeah, I've just just Let's see. I mean, at, at the back, what, what's what's the alternates, really? If 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 there are any further issues down the middle of the pitch, talked about Whitwell and what, what's the F, the FA Cup bench rules are, are nine subs, I believe, aren't they? I, th- I think it's still still nine you can have on the on the bench in the cup, I believe, the same as the league. Um, so there's some, some positions up for grabs for a big occasions for the likes of your, your Whitwells and I don't know, Fenton heard too, you suspect, certainly Caleb Taylor. Um, so, so yeah, as it's like we mentioned Grady and coming back, that's in the balance as we speak, isn't it? Uh, just looking at the AFCON tables, Nigeria, second place as it stands after three group games. So that's qualification and Shemi's played a key role, hasn't he? Um, so he won't be around for at least another few games. So, so yeah, there, there are roles there to be grasped if there are any other fitness concerns certainly before Sunday but beyond as well why is it Blues and then right, Ipswich runs close to the AFCON final but but yeah certainly that Blues game so uh, yeah the, the squad is going to get its you know opportunities um, on the biggest of occasions you would you would have to say uh, Nate Aldridge has got in touch with a, a question but I know how you love takeover questions so I'm going to ask another one um, do you know no, if the US do you know if the US bid has been given exclusivity and whether or not it's at the owners and directors test stage yet. And he also said, how many goals are we going to knock past the Dingles on Sunday? I'm going 3-0 Albion. I love that prediction there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Coxie. Um, on the, I, uh, on the take of stuff. Yeah, I, we are um, working on details as we speak uh, here at the Star. Um, so I'm minded to not say much on that at the moment for, for obvious reasons in that we are Working on a report, hope to be able to um, publish as soon as we can. Very difficult to firm up details on this for obvious reasons, as you can imagine. Um, it, it's I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe it has. I don't, I don't think it has. Um, I don't believe that the time frame is is there, and 
I don't believe it's all that cut and dry. But I, as I say, we're we're working on being able to bring more details in that regard soon. Um, it's crazy time, really, and yeah, to have to have the derby. Yeah, th- th- this this is the few weeks of the takeover, and I realise the derby aside, this is still what everybody wants to know and needs to know, and of the utmost importance, regardless of anything else. So um, it's just a bit crazy to have the derby chucked in the middle of it all as a as an interesting welcome and chaotic sort of sideshow for 90 minutes on Sunday. But yeah, we are rest assured still speaking with contacts and you know, working to bring update as soon as we can on that and, and brief, you know, and, and details as soon as possible. But clearly, I think as people listening would understand, it's not as quite as simple as just ringing someone up to ask a question about this. So, um, yeah, bear with us. But um, yeah, doing what we can in terms of Sunday. I don't. I think it's got a 1-0 or a 2-1 either side feel to me. But I'm going to be positive, obviously, in our camp. So, let's say a, let's say a sneaky 1-0 baggy, Z. Yeah, good shout. Cheers for your question, uh, Nate Aldridge. Spencer George, um, another regular listener, has got in touch. Two of the questions he's asked, um, I think we've answered. But he's asked one about Sunday. Would you take a draw on Sunday if offered it now? Coxie? Yeah. 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 Would you? Oh, yeah, my prediction is... Well, I'll give you my prediction later on, but I would take a draw. Yeah, I would take you a draw. You just said 3-0 Albion. Hold on. No, that wasn't me. That was Nate. Oh, right. Apologies. Oh, Sorry. I, knew you, didn't, I knew you didn't listen to me when I'm reading out these questions. You know, I no, no, no. The way, the, way that one, the way that one was read. Uh, the way you read that one. Sorry, I thought it I thought it was uh, was your show. I was going to say, I know me. you're ambitious, Johnny. But, uh... No, not for me. I'm not that, I'm not that optimistic. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'd, I, would, I would take a draw. And um, I'm sure... A certain baggy would take a draw. Um, Lee Southall's got in touch with a couple of questions as well. Um, do you think the Cows will play a first team on Sunday? Or do you feel we rotate due to injuries? I think the, everyone will say the former. Um, and also, do you think yeah. Carlos will know uh, how much this means as results in other local derbies haven't gone our way against against Blues with poor displays? I think that'll be. I think he'll know, won't he? He's someone who 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 you know immerses himself in Albion. Um, we know that you know he's talked a lot about West Ham's FA Cup history in the past, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So I think he he'll be well aware of how how big this game is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say he'll be he'll be briefed, but I don't know how much he has to be really. You know, the people around the club who will ensure that everyone knows. But like you say, he immerses himself. It's, it's a great point. I remember going back to the early days. You know, sort of meeting with you know the likes of Bomber and that and really paying attention to everything and it was really quite impressive and refreshing to hear so yeah i have no doubts look just just because he's not from the area or indeed the country doesn't mean he won't appreciate the the sort of the the level of passion in this and meaning in this so it's just over the weather i'm sure he'll be able to translate that to his players and his sort of final messages at the team talk will you think sort of hardly ever be more important but I'd imagine the players will be uh, left with no second guesses as to the, you know, the importance of this. And I think the players all mostly being from sort of uh, these shores, you know, they'll, they'll be aware. They'll, they'll absolutely be aware of the excitement around the club. And now Norwich is out of the way, it will, the feeling will all be, you know, it'll be all eyes on Sunday, won't it? And there'll be a lot of excitement. Um, the players will know they're playing in the morning because of the passion behind the, the rivalry and the derby and early kickoff and all that. Not, not letting the uh, pubs open for too long, those kind of things. Yeah, it, it's just it's just about, I wrote in our newsletter this morning, isn't it? Just not letting it 
keeping it at optimum level level in terms of the passion sort of all of that but not letting it tip over and spill over and boil over into too much emotion so it's a fine balance but that's a challenge that is a challenge indeed Sonal patel has also got in touch this is our final question i'm going to read out um is it too simplistic to say our four away form has coincided with phillips's absence he was such a key player with us um with his goal threat and defensive cover on our travels we've really struggled to plug the gaps into since he hit what it says, since he's left or, or been out or other other reason. It's a really good point. I saw a lot of a few Albion fans saying we sort of lacked pace away from home. Um and, and pace yeah. inside. Obviously you've got Wallace on the one side, Fellows didn't play the other day, so obviously, you know, reach doesn't bring the same levels of pace as Tom Fellows. Um but yeah, I think it's a really good point. Um it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's hard to hundred percent definitively say that, but yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good point. Uh, yeah, Phillips gets injured, and I think it was Leicester, wasn't it? And if you look since Leicester, the port, the, the away form, that's when the away form really started to slide. It's not. It, it is a good point. It's with, with fellows in the side, pace is less of an issue, isn't it? Because he's lightning, and we, we haven't fully seen him with Wallace yet, have we? And Wallace is quick, clearly. Um, but I do think without there is you know, nothing against Reach. Yeah, Swift's not quick. Thomas Asante isn't lightning, is he? He can move, but. You, you wouldn't say sort of rapid over that those first few yards. Um, it's not a quickest side, is it? You see other opposition and see maybe a couple of players that can really, really move. Um, I wonder, I mean, I remember back to last January, obviously all Brighton came in and, and Corbrand tried for Amari Hutchinson, didn't he, from Chelsea, which was sort of on the, on the verge of happening. And he's a real sort of speedster, isn't he, in terms of an out-and-out winger. And I just wonder if the profile of the one that Corbrand's looking at again Albeit maybe not that young and inexperienced to the level, I just wonder if he'll just go some for someone with a bit of turn of speed just for those away days. And but Fellows has got that, don't get me wrong, but he's on a pin every single game and every single start on Fellows, do you? I know, I know he, he looks ready and is, but we really expect him to go again and again and again, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, so I think that's certainly one attribute I, I agree with Sunil. I'd, I'd be looking at really in terms of being able to really shift. Um, you know, quickly over those first few yards. I think it just bring that different dimension to the side. I mean, Matt, Matt Phillips isn't lightning, is he? You wouldn't expect that. He's the other side of 30. He was quick back in the day. But um, it's a good point about his absence, isn't it, since since that Leicester game, as you say. It was. Was it Leicester? Yes, Leicester. Um, Leicester week. Yeah, it yeah. Injured, yeah. It's, it's a good point, yeah. I mean, the away form's never been quite what the home form is. But, yeah, it's, it's a good point. And, but I do think... Just sort of round off the the side really as a bit of a collective to have that bit more speed in it. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really good point. It's a really good point raised there by uh, by Sunil Baggy Savant. Thank you very much for your questions. We are almost out of time on this uh, this Baggy's broadcast ahead of the big Black Country derby on Sunday. Coxie, I'm going to ask you for your prediction, pal. I'm going to give you mine first. I'm going to okay. give you the goal scorer as well. Wow. Gonna go. Gonna go. West Bromwich Albion won. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Opening goal scored by Craig Dawson. I think that's that's going to happen. I'm all, I'm At which all, end? At which end? Oh, he'll put Wolves ahead. And then Daryl DK will come off the bench. He had a late goal for Albion. It'll be a Tom Fellows cross. Daryl DK goal. We'll take him back to Molyneux. I like it. And we'll, and we'll do him over on their own patch. A week on like Tuesday it. or a week on Wednesday. That's, that's what I'm going that's to... What, that's what I'd like to happen as well, I think. That's what I'd like. Although it would yeah. be great to beat him at, at the Hawthorns, but yeah, to take him take him back to Molyneux and, and beat him on I'm gonna, 
patch would be fantastic. I'm going to take the Johnny Drury role and go overly positive. Nice. And I'm going to say West Bromwich Albion one, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, Daryl DK. You would take that. I'm sure you would. You've got me with well, the Albion romance. Fans. You've got me with the romance. Yeah, romance and all that magic of the cup. Coxie, as always, thank you very much for your time, mate. And Baggies fans, how are your nerves? How are you going to be feeling on Sunday morning? Um, either way, it's going to be a fantastic occasion. And can we keep that long, long home record running against these lot? Of course we can. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, from me, Avram Coxie. Boy, boy. boy. boy.